0: Welcome to the Plus Six Podcast. My name is Pete, and I go by the name of AFL Ratings Pete on Twitter. Welcome to a man you know on Twitter as DT. Welcome to the show, Jep. Hey, Pete. Uh, injuries and a bit of an issue heading into last week's games with selection and availability issues, and rookies becoming an issue, and you know, crucial decisions there as well. How did you go leading into last week?
1: Yeah, it's quite a disaster. Uh, looks looked pretty decent come um, you know Tuesday. Uh, last week in, heading into the teams and then ended up with only 18 players, including Mitch Allen. So,
0: yeah, the uh, the buy rounds have definitely humbled me, mate. How about yourself? Yeah, I started the week out last week uh, with 21 players available. By the time I got to obviously the listeners know I, I was holding Braden Proust and obviously when he was not named, but once that uh, selection uh, decision was made, I was down to 18. So I was happy just to roll with 18 and yeah, Darcy Paris was an issue going down with the cork early, and um, yeah, uh, otherwise did not not bad last week. But uh, yeah, most teams were stacked. Hopefully last week with, with regards to scores, and you know hopefully we lead into this week with regards to you know having as many premiums on field so we can keep those scores flowing this week. Alright, so we are playing some type of elite game levels this season, so it's really difficult, which is kind of a challenge, and I'm quite enjoying it this season. So each decision is absolutely critical and injuries, once again, are playing a big part yet.
1: Oh, definitely. I think more than ever, um, and all the trade-ins from this week, you know, over these buy rounds could could really haunt us in weeks to come. Um, I thought of Judson Clark looked really clean below his knees um, in the Richmond game and he's someone I brought in last week and uh, nervously, because of <laughs> the availability of cheap rooks, at the time but um, yeah, those those type of calls even the primos, uh, are we bringing in a Zach Merritt just because he's cheap or, or his history or a bit of both and, and what if he doesn't get up and perform to, to the heights we know so these decisions, um, some are forced decisions, some are you know, uh, convenient decisions I should say given the amount of money in our bank but um, we've got to have that long look ahead as always
0: yeah, it's, uh, it was really difficult. Like in some decisions you make, you, you can be well, uh, well sort of informed and making uh, informed decisions and, and you know pretty good trades. But sometimes you know luck just plays against you. So if you look at Mitch Owens, who's actually you know could make some pretty good cash there, and he gets concussed and he's going to miss the week, this week, and then all of a sudden you know that's sort of no scores on 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 your team score there as well. Um, Caleb Marchbank comes back comes back into the team after a very long layoff, and he's out now six to eight weeks with uh, a knee injury. So there's another one that you know people landed on last week. So it's just really luck's playing a major role this 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 year. Um, so we're de- dealing with COVID early in the year, We've got il- illness through a lot of clubs, and injuries are really impacting. And you know critical decisions. You know sometimes you know if you're not really results based. Focused and you're really process uh, focused on your decisions. So I think yeah, you can make some really good decisions, but sometimes you just don't get the payoff yet.
1: For sure, um, even the captain choice. Like I would have I'm very close to looking at as captain, and he was my captain up until um, Brashal put on a great performance on the weekend. Um, but no one saw that coming. You know that that's pretty unlucky. In 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 essence of. Gourne's recent form and, and what he could have done against Collingwood. So yeah, it's um it's a game of fifty fifty calls and that those, you know, heads of tails calls as I call them and um if you get uh even if you get you probably gotta hit eighty percent of those um, every week to, to you know, throughout the season exactly to to be up there and, and contend for a hat or better.
0: Yeah, and the one that was a bit of a speculative pick, and we chatted a little bit uh, offline about it, was uh, obviously the the Sam Durden pick, so obviously recruited in the mid-season draft. But, you know, it was speculative at best, but, you know... It wasn't that bad, I guess, but, you know, coming from outside the Carlton system, inside the Carlton system, you've got to really sort of, maybe it's one for the future that, we, you know, those that come from the VFL within like a John Newcomb situation that, you know, coming from Box Hill into Hawthorne, they know the Hawthorne system, but coming from outside the team into a new team scenario, it might be a little bit difficult to... You know, impact and make a debut for that his new that player's new team. But now, if you look at it, that speculative peak might actually turn out to be really you know juicy because Callum Marchbanks sideline for six to eight weeks, and Carlton are really struggling def- for defenders. So it's all hand all hands on deck for Carlton. So, you know, Sam Durden might actually find his way into that team uh, sooner rather than later, whereas, you know, on the weekend, Michael Voss speaking on SEN there, uh, he said that, you know, it's a, it's a huge task, a huge step up, and he's in his learning phase at Carlton. So, But now, with march back going down, it, 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 all of a sudden, a speculative pick could turn into a bit of a luck, and, you know, we might be that far away from seeing Sam Durden.
1: Yeah, I think he plays. I think they, they have to play him. Um, Personally, they got um, some big boys in in the Richmond forward line. I know Lynch is injured, but Bolter is a massive athletic man, and he needs to be stopped and, and rewound, obviously. So yeah, they they got to bring in the other tall, um, and hopefully it's Durden because I brought in Durden, speculatively, as you say, uh, a couple of weeks back. So that would be very handy. Yeah, Lynch is
0: back for Richmond this week, so uh, gonna, oh wow, going to be all hands on deck for Carlton. So he they might be forced, so but, you know it's just the way the season's playing out. So a bit of a speculative pick comes in, you know, turns into potentially could turn in a little bit of a goal, but I wouldn't be too sold on what Doon could score um, because if he's going to play a key defender, um, you, you've got to be thinking that there's not going to be that much scoring there. But, you know, all you need at this stage in the last week of the buy period is, you know, someone on, on, on field scoring and that gives you an opportunity to take another score off. So he, he is an option potentially. Alrighty, so there are a few subtle changes on the weekend for teams returning from a buy. So there were, um, it's just a reminder just to stay alert, Chip.
1: Oh, yeah, we, we, we need to see these role changes straight away. We, we mentioned on the pod at length last week, it's super critical in, in gaining points. And I suppose, although it wasn't pre buy it was the Himmelberg, a great example. And boy, does he love grabbing a mark and, and that free reign in the in the defensive fifty. So... Those type of picks we've got to jump on as soon as we can. The Himmelberg one was last week, ideally, but um, still only 600 grand. The other others, I suppose, um, are still up for debate and, and we, yeah, we constantly keep an eye on any role changes and scoring changes. I'm really keen to see Jordan Dawson this week. and what's, um, I think he moves up the ground on the wing and has a bit more free-flowing ball and hopefully more points.
0: Yeah, that's probably the one, I reckon, uh, to see Dawson this week. So I'm really keen to see how Adelaide flush out uh, with regards to potential midfield changes. And that's what Nick's and the assistant coaches have highlighted over the last couple of weeks, so now they've had a you know a week to ten days to think about it uh, with, with regards to time off from their playing group, is that you know we might see some changes. Thorson's one, and there are a couple of others there floating out there as well. So it's, uh, specifically role changes, but you know subtle changes in game plan uh, from certain teams also can impact scoring there as well. Alrighty, so we're just going to try and make this one this podcast snappy uh, for listeners this week. So it's a really short turnaround. We're recording this podcast on Tuesday night. Uh, June 14 so, we are talking AFL fantasy season long classic mode. So, this discussion is pre round 14. So, we just want to make this a real zippy one because obviously listeners want to go on to consume other content. So, hopefully, we can get through this really quickly. So, and of course, the news is being crushed out for you on the AFL ratings network. The content is free. Likes and retweets are always appreciated. Again, make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand. So, I'm going to get into ownership here, Jeff. So, round 13, top 25 ownership, 20% or higher. I'll jump in a little bit lower than 20% in the Rucks situation. So this is an entire squad. Previously, what I've done out of the bye period is just, you know, on field what the percentage is. But I've just gone through each and individual team in the top 25, looked at the bench and just taken out the best players that they have on their team. Right, Jeff, so the ruck. so Max Gorn, 96%. Now, he had an injury concern there, a couple of injury concerns. He had a back issue leading into the game, which we didn't know about until post-game. And he gets his ankle rolled up on... Um, during the game as well. So I've got to imagine that it was actually some chance to be somebody out of that game, but then they had a couple of con- concussion tests at the same time and he went back on field, but he was pretty much useless when he came back on field. So that's just a wait and see. Um, it's clearly posted out some info on um, Max Gorn and interview with him there today as well. So check out his Twitter feed for any updates there. But yeah, you know, Melbourne do have the week, at, week to 10 days off, but they come back on the Thursday night and in round 15 so they really don't have a, a significant break so it's a really short time frame for gone 96 percent ownership so I, I, i've got to be thinking that you know you'll get to chat about this in a sec but really sort of got to you know trade this week but the mindset might be to have something up your sleeve if something does, you know, if Gorn is not available next week. So just keep that in mind for trades this week, you know, because 96% ownership, you, you can improve rank if you've got a bit of a leverage situation on most other teams who are highly ranked there as well. So we've got Darcy Cameron there as well. So uh, 80% owned here. So you got Gorn on a buy this week. You've got Darcy Cameron on a buy this week. 96% owned, 80% owned, monster ownership. So. You know, those players won't be on field, so a couple of ruck situations there, so you know t- some teams could be rolling with the potential of 20 only players this week, you know, with a few rooks there as well. And then we got Sean Darcy there, 20%, struggled last week there as well, but what we did find out from uh, Justin Longmuir and Fremantle coming into last week, that he's been ill the last couple of weeks, so... You've just got to take into consideration there's another player with the illness that wasn't really flagged coming out of um, Fremantle over that period of time. But just really got to keep in mind that some of these players having really down scores that they might be ill, but they're getting out on the field to play, which is great for us. Uh, but yeah, some some down scores potentially caused by illness that we didn't know about, but that's one we now know about in hindsight. Sean Darcy, twenty percent. Jared Witz, bit of a unique here, sixteen percent. Rolly O'Brien, a bit of a unique sixteen percent. Thoughts on any one of those Jeff?
1: Uh, yeah, the, the double round 14 primo is being Cameron and Gorn. So that's, uh, that's a, that could be disastrous now. If they're running with no ruck on field, give, assuming they have like a Sam Hayes as a yeah. R3, th- I'll be what sleeping with a few nerves. Um, and it's interesting how each coach handles that because it's all going to happen differently. Some will just trade Cameron out to an English Some will swap English from the forward line and have that cover, um, et cetera, et cetera. So there's 20 different ways that could pan out. And uh, that's, yeah, I love that about fantasy when there's
0: a whole variety of decisions that's for one spot or one change. Yeah, my expectation is going into this week, Sam Hayes is not playing. So that's my expectation. It might change. Port Adelaide were actually pretty happy there that... um, Last week, with regard to they didn't win their outs, but their clearance situation was actually pretty good against Richmond. But then we have Bryn Tegel in their situation now for Port Adelaide. So it, does he come in in, in in place of Hayes? So there's an option there as well. But really got to take into consideration what is happening next week as well, Jeff.
1: Oh, of course, yeah. The Gorn thing could really throw us. We've still got those pre-Round 15 trains up our sleeve if we have to. Um, but ultimately, like... For most of us, and not all of us, we still got to improve our on-field 22,
0: so I wouldn't lose sight of that. Okay, on to the defenders. So James Sisley, 100. So George Hewitt, 88%. Jaden Short, 84%. So scores have decreased since he's gone into that midfield there, Jep. So only a little bit. I don't think it's anything to be a little bit crazy about right now, but just got to take it into consideration. The scores have dipped a little bit. Jack Crisp, been fantastic, 84%. Dane Zorco now he's got a hamstring issue and he's been a little bit disappointing there as well. 56%. Nick Dacos now you and I spoke pretty pot about Nick Dacos. So the decision was a few weeks ago when Craig McCrae, Collingwood coach, came out and said pre-game is that you know they wanted to move Nick Dacos forward and that was against I believe that was against the Bulldogs game. So at that lasted a quarter actually because Collingwood actually got smashed early in that game and then the decision was made to move him back. Uh, throughout the game there as well. And then since then, Penderbury's gone into the midfield, Dacos has gone to back, uh, to um, half-back, and he's been outstanding, and outstanding again on the weekend. So um, post-game presser on Monday, Craig McRae said, you know, and this is, comes back to those that traded out Dacos, which I didn't think was that, that bad of a call, is that, you know, and it actually might have played out really good because Craig McRae came out and said post-game Monday is that the plan was to play Nick Dacos in the forward half for the remainder of the year uh, in the second half of the year, but you know, pretty much Dacos has forced their hand there. He's going to sit at the halfback line now for the remainder of the year. And no, I think his scores are actually going to be quite good. So he's at 56%. You know, it's a potential that you could even go back to him. So I'm not too um, disapproving of that, for sure. So uh, Sam Docherty there as well, 48%. So his scores have been elite. But yeah, not a, not a really high ownership there. Jordan Dawson's been excellent. Potential move into a uh, higher up the ground. Halfback's really good for him, though, for his scores point of view. 44%. And Jack Sinclair, once again, even against the Lions who are actually match up against uh, half and small, you know, running defenders. That, you know, he still found plenty of space against the lines there on the weekend, and he just, just racked it up again. So, you know, once what, the to get under that roof at Marvel Stadium again, he's just going to roam around and just collect disposals of wheel. He's got um, pretty much low ownership. I would, I'd imagine here, top 25 ownership at 32%. Thoughts on any one of those?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I really like the single epic. He, he's one that I sh- should have jumped on a while ago and didn't, and, it, yeah, it's behind me in the backside. But... Um, Look, I, I ultimately, I think the defence is pretty set of who we know is going to perform for the for the rest of the year. I, I don't think there's any surprises there.
0: Yeah, and there's a stack of defenders we can choose from there as well. But, the, you know, the Sam Doherty one, that's one to potentially hit on as a high like premium sort of target uh, type defender there as well. But, yeah, I wouldn't be sort of like too disapproving of going back to Nick Dacos as well mm-hmm. because obviously, as we can see, that he can score at a high rate. Already on to the midfielders, Jep, so uh, Lockery Neal 100%, Andrew Brayshaw 84%, both of those have got the buy this week, so interesting to see, you know, the lower ownership type uh, players, you know, there could be movement with the high-ranked teams, so both of the high-ranked players have the week off, Jack McRae 80%, Clayton Oliver 72%, there's another one week off this week, Toot Miller coming back in 68%, and the Suns have a pretty favourable draw to finish off the season. Sixty eight percent there, Callum Mills back from a, a week off there, sixty percent. Patrick Cripps, forty eight percent. Josh Kelly. Interesting thing with Josh Kelly here. With six minutes to go in that last quarter, you know, he did get tagged by Kane Turner and Turner pretty much held with him uh, throughout most of the game and just let him go a little bit go late in that game. But, you know, with six minutes to go in that game, you know, Kelly leads up into defence and takes a mark and he over stretches his hamstring, he grabbed his hamstring chip. So uh, then kicked and played on, and and you know a minute later takes another plus six, so which was fine. Then he comes off with five minutes to go, and I thought, well, this is actually a little bit of an issue coming off the ground. Um, the next picture shot on the ground was him getting a massage and he, in the post-game pressure, presser, Mark Mulvey has come out and said it was a cramp only. So in the Giants injury report today, uh, Josh Kelly hasn't surfaced in there whatsoever. But I would really keep it in um, sort of any sort of news coming out throughout the week, which I don't think there's going to be uh, with regards to Josh Kelly. But yeah, he did overstretch that hamstring, but they put it down to cramp. So hopefully that's the case and he's okay. But, yeah, he's at um, 48% there. Zach Merritt, 40%. Christian Petrarca, 28% week off. Tom Mitchell, 28% week off. Roy Lead coming back from a 20%. Really low-owned, high-ceiling type player. Sam Walsh, 20%. Thoughts on any one of those, Jeff? Yeah,
1: good spread.
0: Um, lots, yeah, the, the higher end
1: of those have the week off this week. Again, interesting who we go to. Yeah. Um, Many of us will turn to the usual suspects. I think McRae and and Tookmiller are uh, highly owned. But if you want to get creative, and I always say this is the time of year for point of differences, um, it's time to get creative. So looking at the low ownership guys, no one mentioned in there, um, I think Laird was lowly owned and and
0: he should be a target. On to the forwards. So Josh Dunkley 100%, Will Brody 100%. Do we all move off him now? So 100%, Jeff. That's massive ownership. You know, he's he's actually pretty decent um, salary now, so he can pretty much collect on what he started. He made a, a stack of coin this year. You know, Nat Five coming back into that team there on the weekend as well. So you know, with the buy this week, it, most people could move off Brody this week. Stephen Caniglia 100%. Back into the midfield now, going to settle in down. He's fine. He should be in there scoring at quite a decent rate there, but 100%. Zach Butters, 56%. Issues there, obviously, with the head clash. Uh, he looks like he's available this week. Look, Parker, just 32%. It, like, the centre-bancers could fluctuate a little bit, but his score's still actually pretty good there, 32%. Adam Chalor a bit of a unique now. Bailey Smith's all line for at least four weeks now. So um, you've got to imagine that... Um, Treloar could actually see some increase in scores there, so that might be a bit of an option there for people. Jed Anderson, 24%, Nick Martin, 24%, and Marcus Bontempalli, 20% edge.
1: Yeah, again, I think um, no no mention of Himmelberg, so he's a point of difference. Um, getting off the Butters train and the Will Brody train is, is a big call now. Um, you know, Butters, gee whiz, he... Um, he tries hard, but wow, he can he can fly past the footy sometimes. Incredibly frustrating to watch as an owner. So these are the moves, again, that we need to make this week, if we can.
0: Good points. Okay, who are your top three targets for round 14, assuming you don't own any?
1: Uh, for me, it's Rory Laird still. Um, I think he is pretty solid for a 110-plus from here on in. I still like Tim English, especially with cover for Gorn, and what happens next week, uh, and Tom Stewart against West Coast on Optus Stadium, which is a plus six friendly ground, I think there's some good targets there for this week.
0: Yeah, for me Took Miller um, again, Suns have a favourable draw to finish off the season, Harry Himmelberg obviously a big option there, and only 600k, uh, we'll get into the low break evens in a minute, but yeah um, I wouldn't expect uh, those type of scores what he did put up on the weekend, but yeah, you, you know he could score quite nicely and he's still value based on his current salary there and Rory Led there as well low low owned so uh, high selling type player as well. But yeah, keep in mind with regards to any potential changes through the Adelaide midfield, but I wouldn't expect that could impact Rory Led, but it's not out of question. But still a high target there for me already. Jep, onto the notable low-break Evans. Uh, let me get into these ones. So Jacob Ware, minus nine. Looks like he's uh, solidified a spot in the team for me, I, I would imagine. Um, I quite like his well. Moved up in a little bit of a wing situation there on the weekend, so it was actually quite nice to see. Uh, Harry Himmelberg, minus five. Still got a stack of cash to make there as well, and obviously a big score on the weekend. Jake Toligo at three. Joel Jeffrey there at three. Patrick Parnell available to play this week at four. Judson Clark there at eight. And Brady Hoff at 12. Thoughts there, Jep? Yeah, so the wear
1: game was good and, and his role on the wing
0: was, was really
1: uh, nice to see. I thought uh, he played his role well and will hold for a week or two at least, uh, minimum. Um, yeah, the Himmelberg one we've mentioned, that's, that's a point of difference now and one to jump on if you game enough to, to see his role through in the back line. And, and, you know, if he's good for 10 marks a game and 10 kicks, then, yeah, we're on we're in our way for sure. Yeah. Um, Others to consider, I suppose, if it's up to teams, Parnell hopefully comes in. But yeah, the, the Rooks are still uh, thin, and um, thin for this time of year, unfortunately, and hopefully uh, we we'll get some more coming up.
0: Yeah, especially for the back end of the year. So obviously we've been impacted through a couple of COVID years, and you know teams <laughs> have been holding players back and trying to develop them as quickly as possible uh, for us, I guess. And then uh, more importantly for us fantasy players, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like it's, it's been a slow drip with regards to rooks this year, and and obviously our quality top rooks coming into the um, AFL fantasy sort of situation there as well. Already onto notable players potentially dropping in salary on the radar to keep a lookout for soon. So 130 plus uh, break even chip. So Darcy Perry. So he's questionable for this week. Had a severe cork there in his calf. So he's 154. Um, high-selling type player, but I reckon he can wait a couple of weeks. You know, even if he does play this week, you know, he's going to drop some salary there. Um, and I think in two or three weeks' time, he could be a pretty decent target there, Chip yep. So, 154. Aaron Hall, 142. I love that he's coming back into the Kangaroos team, but what I didn't like on the weekend at North Melbourne was that, you know, late in that game, midway through that game, he starts to, move, starts to line up on a wing. That's not good. We need him to be taking kickouts and just sitting in at D50. So... You know that you know, teams out of the finals and North Melbourne obviously struggled again this year under David Noble there as well. But you know things are starting to mess around. This is what happens when teams are out of finals race. You know things start to sort of become disjointed and new role changes happen. And you know I would have be I would have imagined that, that um, Aaron Hall goes back into the D50 and he's just taking kick-ins and he's just absolutely junking it up. But what we did see on the weekend is that was not the case. He moved up out of D50. So I've got to imagine he's pretty much on a void now for quite a while because you know who knows what's going to happen at North Melbourne now over to, uh, the final ten weeks of the season. So yeah, that's an avoid 142 and, and didn't even need 100 on the weekend. Christian Petrarca got a week off there 139. He's going to drop some celery after that. Uh, Tom Stewart 131 break even, but you know he can hit that quite easily there as well. He could actually hit that there this week. Thoughts on any one of those Jip?
1: Uh, yeah, all, all good targets to to keep an eye on for the year. I, yeah, like I said earlier, Tom Stewart on Optus Stadium will go pretty well against West Coast. Um, but yeah, Parrish is one in the later rounds. As long as he's moving freely, yeah, you could cash in there.
0: Yeah, just just on the game at uh, Optus Oval, Jep. So there is weather forecast for that West Coast Geelong game. So there's, it's pretty decent at the moment. So it's eight to, eight to fifteen mil, ninety percent chance of rain there. So now, if that happens during the day, um, early in the day, then that might be a dry type game there as well. But yeah, really keep an eye out for that uh, weather radar because that's a really slippery, wet type of game. You know, the intercept marks might not be as strong for Tom Stewart there as well. But yeah, it might be one to sort of play the weather situation with regards to if you want to target him this week. If not, you can watch, wait the week after. But yeah, West Coast. Uh, a couple of times to finish off the season, Geelong do have, so um, hopefully that's a dry-weather game. If, if it turns out to be dry, that's a big target there for Tom Stewart. Already, so notable strong scoring output with a 115-plus average last three rounds. So Jet Lockie-Neal, uh, 125. Andrew Brayshaw, 122. Stephen Cornelia, 190. Back in the midfield, been super strong. Clayton Oliver, 118. Jack Sinclair there, at 116. Callum Mills, 115. Jack Viney 115. Thoughts on any one of those?
1: Oh, all all amazing, um probably all fantasy relevant except Jack Barney. Jack Barney can hit us with this hit you with a sixty sometimes. So all good targets, all good primos should be finished strong for the rest of the year. And if you notice most of them play for um top eight team, uh, yeah. other than maybe Canelio who's on the cusp of of the top eight. So those teams vying for top four, top eight, those positions and um, you know, have the support and network around them on field helps them score, helps them get the ball in their hands, so keep wary of that.
0: Already okay, on to a few key players for the listeners to finish off the podcast, so time to play like a dislike, Jep. So we're going to do a 28-pack to finish off. So Tuke Miller for me, love, love the draw to finish off for Gold Coast, really like a pick. Yeah, me too, like. Harry Himmelberg spoke about him quite a few weeks ago, and look at look at the payoff. So, um, uh, I love the pick. He's going to make a stack of cash. Still, I uh, wouldn't expect be expecting high scores. Uh, you know, but you know, certainly could hit uh, well above what he's currently priced at. So, lock the picture.
1: Yeah, I like the pick too. Um, I think he's in for some good things. And um, like I said, he just looks like he's enjoying the, the freedom to roam and, and take those grabs.
0: Mitch Duncan, uh, been out on Geelong players for quite a while uh, Mitch Duncan would be certainly one of those with his injury history, um, so Geelong do have have managed players throughout the year, and will do so leading it into finals, so and it's an avoid, definitely a avoid for me on Mitch Duncan, Jet.
1: Yeah, it's an avoid for me too, I just feel like that, that soft tissue injury is coming um, <laughs> in saying that you'll probably go 120 against West Coast again on off the Stadium, which is a a plus-six friendly ground,
0: for, and that's the way he plays. On to Braden Proust. So it sounds positive this week. Um, yeah, I traded out last week, actually. So when he wasn't named, I had a choice of uh, trading out. Uh, it was either going to be Wits or it was going to be um, Braden Proust, and eventually when he wasn't named again and, and he wasn't quite ready, so I thought oh, that's time for Proust to go out. So I did trade him out eventually. Uh, which I didn't want because I, I think he's a bit of a unique to finish off the year if he comes back into that team. But, yeah, it's sounding positive there, Jet, this week. So, you know, and, and you know, Flynn sort of got hurt in that last minute of that game the other day. So I wonder if that's a bit of an issue coming in there as well. But, uh, Bruce, on the radar to return, um, I like the pick to be a little bit unique. I don't have him anymore, but I still like the pick to finish off the year.
1: Yeah, no, I like the pick too. I think, um, you know, Bruce offers... Uh, his marking and, and his physical presence on the ground. It's just obviously off field his fitness hasn't been right and there's some things in the background we probably don't know the full truth. So as long as his body is fully right and he's and he's fit enough, then, yeah, it's a it's great pick.
0: Yeah, so just on Bruce there, Mark Mervais said that he was actually quite ill. So that's where you get the situation that he hasn't come back into that team. So he, he you know, played, some coaches have mentioned that players have been ill, but he said, yeah, he was actually really ill. So uh, hopefully he gets back to full fitness pretty quickly there as well. But, you know, interesting that, you know, if Gorn doesn't come up next week, there's Proust a bit of a target all of a sudden for those Gorn owners? Because you can pay Dan, bank a little bit of coin then and do something else with that money. But yeah, if, that's Gorn, if Gorn doesn't come up next week, but yeah... It's certainly with Peruce over the last couple of years it's certainly been a roller coaster. I'm not too sure if many high ranked um, coaches really want that situation. And that leads us into the next one there, Jep. So Team English like to pick the pick to finish off the year. But really gotta keep in mind here is that you know Luke Beveridge said, you know, post you know, just before the bye that they want to provide Team English ruck support. So the couple of options there for the Bulldogs is Steph Martin, which who can only pretty much play ruck situation and Team English plays somewhere else. And Jordan Sweet, he can only play the ruck situation, and Tim English play somewhere else because Jordan Sweet, as you you were at the game, uh, West Coast and the Western Bulldogs, so Jordan yep. Jordan Sweet forward, he could, he didn't do anything. So, you know, you got to imagine, you know, if they want and this is Bevo's words that he wants to provide Tim English ruck support. What does that actually mean? So if that's a dual ruck set up there as well, that could be an issue for English because you know Martin and Sweet, they they have to play in that that number one role. Uh, but English can still rack it up anywhere else, anyway. But yeah, hopefully that doesn't impact too much. Keep that in if you're targeting him this week. Just to check on any news with regards to who's coming into that Bulldogs team there as well. Um, so, but other than that, I still like the pick for Tim English, yeah.
1: Yeah, I like it too, mate. I think he is um, very important to the Giants, and he plays like a midfielder, and that's all we really need to see. He's just um, a gun big fella that you know has most skill or compared to other big men, uh, and that's handy, especially playing in the Bulldogs team.
0: Yeah, lucky Whitfield locked the peak. So just the one thing you gotta keep out for for those that don't own Whitfield and those that actually do own Whitfield that He's come out and said today that he's he's still dealing with his ankle injury. So he played last week, scored well, he looked great, running up the running up and down the ground, which is really good to see. But he said it's just something he's going to manage uh, for the remainder of the year. So um, hopefully, the, you know, doesn't get a rolled ankle or anything like that that sort of flares anything up. But yeah, he looked great on the weekend. I thought it was good. But yeah, keep in mind, just in the back of the mind, might be a one or two percent issue uh, that he's just managing, but uh, that ankle. But yeah, he looked great on the weekend. Locked the picture.
1: Yeah, I actually going to say dislike here. I think um, although he's cheap, everyone's going to jump on again because he's cheap. And I I just feel like the the likes of Sinclair and and Stewart and um, Doherty that are also lonely-owned, he should be jumping on those blokes first.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of love the ceiling. We've seen monster ceiling gains from Whitfield, so that's where I sort of really sort of leaning into because that's what we need to finish off the end. We know he's got that in his game. You know, if he gets any sort of junk time happening, as what we did see on the weekend, you know, he can post the 150 quite easily. Interesting to see how that plays out for the remainder of the year. Yep. already Christian Petrarca. Yeah, you know, scores just haven't been there. He's Had some niggles with his knees and you know all throughout the year as well. So that, you know, hopefully the week off does him great. But yeah, um, I'm not targeting him anytime soon, Jep. So dislike.
1: Oh uh, yeah, dislike from me too, mate. It's um something's not right with his knee, and again, probably still not fully fit from his illness. Um, yeah, dislike for now.
0: Uh, ben Key, so what does happen with that Adelaide midfield that might impact Ben Key. So um, just from that point of view, um hopefully it doesn't. He can score, but it's not the same situation as what we had last year. So that's definitely um, yeah, it's a dislike for me.
1: Yeah, uh, I'd um, no, I still like the pick, mate. I think um he's okay. He um
0: good run, loves to lay a tackle, I think he's still gonna be alright. Uh, Darcy Paris, so I wouldn't be targeting him anytime soon. Monster um, well break even. Wait and see how this uh, car flushes out over the next couple of weeks, and he'll drop in salary and then become a target. So dislike for now, but yeah, in two or three weeks it'll be a big like.
1: Uh, yeah, great, We just got to see him move freely first. So it's it's not a train smash if he
0: turns up and we miss out. Um, let's see him move freely, play well, and um, and then jump on. Ollie Wine's been a bit of an issue here for several weeks uh, for owners, but so uh, there's nothing much sort of positive here I can say. The scores just have not been there, so it's a dislike Egypt. Yeah, dislike for me as well. And uh, boy, I was close to bringing him in last
1: week given his value, um, but not to be. And oh, you know, hard to put pinpoint why he, the role really is still the same, and I still feel like Port Adelaide Divine for that top eight and is an important cog and. He, He's got to have that those big monster games support to get up, but uh, it's just not coming together
0: for him. Marcus Bontempelli another player that's had some niggles all throughout the year, so hopefully the week off or 10 days off uh, give him a bit of, bit of a good break and he comes back and finish off, finishes off the season quite well. Uh, he's definitely throwing him in the mix, definitely an option, and obviously we can roster him forward, Jep. So oh, I actually kind of like the pick. Yeah, I still like
1: the pick too. I think no matter, even if he's an 80% mark, the Spontempelli in our forward line is is still pretty decent. So um, Bulldogs are a team that are on the cusp again. Need to start winning, getting some winning form to to solidify their spot in the top eight. So he's got to play for now and um, he's got to play well too. So yeah, still like.
0: Archie Perkins, uh, for me, just better options. It's time to upgrade. Yeah, no, dislike for me. Okay, Cam Guthrie. So with Geelong, they play West Coast twice to finish off the year. A bit of weather this week. So Guthrie through the middle, middle of the ground at a pretty decent rate. Uh, Cats play a stack of games to finish off at GM HPA Stadium. So scores can be there. And I don't think he'd be one of those players that you know that Geelong have to manage throughout the remainder of the year. So I kind of like the pick. Thoughts, Chip?
1: Uh, no, I don't. I still think the way Geelong have played all year... Um really up and down in terms of performances, individual performances. So I'd stay clear of Guthrie.
0: Elijah uh, Holland. so he'd, he'd have to be on the radar to get a debut to finish off the year. But, you know, uh, several weeks ago, Stuart you did mention Hollands and, you know, they want to build up his core strength and be ready for um, AFL football. And, and the Suns are going to push for finals there. So hopefully he can work his way into that team to finish off the year. But, you know, the Gold Coast do have a pretty healthy injury list. You know, Lachie Weller obviously injured now uh, quite significantly out for 12 months with an ACL injury there as well. But, you know, the Suns do have automatic options to come back into that team. So hopefully Hollands does get a game this year. If not, once we go, sort of get towards the end of the year, we, we probably pretty much all of us want to be selfish and we won't want to see until next year. So hopefully, you know, it plays out to our benefit at some stage. However, however... At some stage there, once we get beyond the buy period yet, most of us that don't own Hollands already are going to be looking down to um, some one ninety K type players that, you know, just to strap just to strip as much salary down as, as what we can, put in the bank and, you know, potentially if they play down the track, that's the ideal scenario. So he'd be one of those players that I am certainly targeting that might be playing at some stage that you know it might work out that he, he does provide cover for that week. Um, but certainly, yeah, definitely wants a target at some stage throughout the year if you don't own already. Hopefully, he plays sooner rather than later. If not, maybe we don't see him until next year from a fantasy perspective. So, yeah, uh, it, it's on the radar, but just not yet for Hollands. But hopefully, sometime soon, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's say dislike until he plays, um, and, and the situation of why he plays. So we don't want to, we want him to force his way into the 22. We just don't want to be him to be handed a game. Um, You know, politically, so he doesn't go back to Victoria or something like that. So, let's just see how that
0: pans out and then um, assess. So, let's say dislike. Actually, a couple of medical subs wouldn't hurt early on. It's true. Because obviously, you know, drive his average down. Yeah, that's right. So that's what. we we want to be a little bit selfish here for next year, Jep too as well. Alrighty. So on to Zach Butters. It's just it's just not happening for Butters now. So just a straight dislike for me.
1: Yeah,
0: dislike. Just.
1: Like I said, he tries so hard and it just doesn't come together for him, so dislike.
0: Tom Stewart, uh, big like, weather check for this week, but beyond that, i still like the be... pick. Yeah, like for me too. Angus Brayshaw, now went to half back there when Salem sort of, you know, for most of the year actually for Brayshaw, so uh, and can score at a pretty high rate as what we have seen over his um, AFL career and AFL fantasy career, so... You know, does that, does that sort of mix change up for Melbourne over the break? It might be something to sort of take into consideration. You know, Simon Goodwin was asked recently that, you know, is that, you know, with Christian Salem back into the team, he was specifically asked, does that mean that Brayshaw is going to go back to the wing role? And Goodwin didn't actually want to give up his answer. So, you know, beyond that, and that was last week before the Collingwood-Melbourne game. Now, beyond that, what we do know is that, you know, Brayshaw was, ran that halfback uh, role as well and scored well again. So, my, it's a really unique pick. So, if you can trust that he's going to sit at half back, uh, for, you know, pretty much the remainder of the year, you know, it's a really unique pick here that, you know, keep on the radar. That's all I'm saying at the moment, it's just keep on the radar. I'm not going to say like or dislike, I'll be right on the fence here. But yeah, leading into... Obviously, Melbourne got the bye this week. Leading into next week, it might be a bit of a unique pick there. So yes, guess I'll try and extract as much information I can on that as well. But when Goodwin was asked last week, pre that game, he didn't want to give... He smoked a little bit, but he didn't want to give up the answer. But what we do know is he, he did play halfback again last week, Jeff.
1: Yeah, look, I, I feel like because there's that risk, he could go back to wing and, and Goodwin, Goody over the buy period could... Um, mm could, you know, re- reset the, the standards and, and the positions and, and go back to the winning form winning formula sorry last year. Yep. So when that risk is apparent, even if it's slight, you just avoid it, especially with the plural picks we have in defence. There's so many good defender picks in that back six, so I think you can avoid not to have so
0: dislike. On to Nick Dacos, oh, I like the beach still.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it, it becomes... That argument now, do you, if you're in a really good position, you keep him at, on the bench, D7 between midfield and bench. Like that is an ultimate um, spot because when he does hit the high ceiling games, you've got the emergency on him and he can loop it potentially, depending on fixture. So I'm going to say love, like, hold, and upgrade that six primo spot depending on the structure. Try keep Nick Dacos for your bench between midfield and defence. Um, I think that might be a really big play later
0: on in the season, especially if there's a laid out or a bit of carnage. Yeah, well, that's what I'm certainly trying to do now. Um, it's just hold at all costs for me. So um, I'd actually pretty much pretty much want to give up someone else before I give up uh, Nick Dacos right now. Uh, already on to Christian Salem. So it's just a, it's a pass for me. So come back from injury, scores can fluctuate. So just a pass for me. Yeah, just like... Jacob Ware, um, up, up there in salary now. So it's time to upgrade, but um, he's been pretty solid chip. So I think he's going to hold. You know, if, if you're really looking to pay down for someone that, that's going to play, uh, Ware is an option. So uh, he's been really good so far. Uh, a pretty good start to his AFL tree jet. So, yeah.
1: No, again, yeah, I thought he was really good. So it's a like and um,
0: a bench spot. Connor Rosie, I just think there are better options there.
1: Uh, yeah, he's... Even though those these forwards now are a bit up in the air in terms of who's going to perform for the rest of the year, uh, yeah, it's unlikely he, he sees it through. Uh, again, a bit like Butters, there's been some really good games when he, and he's put these clean skills together and he I feel like he goes he knows where to run a lot better than Butters too. Mm. Um, but you just want to try and get those high-ceiling players and I don't think Rosie's one of them, so just
0: like... Onto Nick Martin. So scores have fluctuated recently. Uh, I was hoping he was going to pump out another big score on the weekend. Didn't really happen again. So might be time to move on, Jeff. But yeah, obviously, you know, if you're holding this week, it might be just one more week just to have a bit of a look at. So yeah, Uh, but from that point of view, I just think it's time to trade. You know, he come in first AFL season. So the back half of it might be a bit bit sluggish. You know, it's a long season and you know, that sort of put that in that scenario with regards to fatigue setting in potentially. So the scores have fluctuated. Can score, we know that, but yeah, just as sort of being a big dislike here for me at the moment.
1: Yeah, ultimately he's a rookie. It's it's time to upgrade him. He's not in the top six forward, is he? So it's a dislike for that reason
0: um, and still a, an upgrade target. On to Rory Led, so like for me.
1: Yeah, look, straight like. Really good draw coming up. I was. Um, you Know really curious this week about him Metricon Stadium. I think he'll pump out a, a pretty good score, and then he's got North Melbourne, Melbourne, and Hawthorne. Um, to maybe attracts the uh, Turner tag against not kangaroos, but even still, it's like.
0: On to Will Brody, so uh, monster ownership here, Jep. So most people will trade out, uh, you've got to imagine. So five back in the team. You know, Justin Longmuir did say that you know he didn't think Will Brody's role was impacted by five coming back into the team last week. You know he he's still in the mix to be a top scorer, but yeah, the scores can be a little bit below sort of that you know 90 to 95 range. So from that point of view, I got to start to say dislike and trade out for me. Yeah, it is a dislike,
1: mate. It, it's um it, again, but like Butters, he's not going to be a top six forward, especially with that. I thought he played the same role as he normally had, even with Fife back. Um, but you know the the presence of Fife around the contest, and there were times where it was Fife, um, Brody and and Brayshaw at the centre bounce, um, Sarong as well, the three really hard ball getters. So even having that presence of Fife around, it's probably going to cost him five, ten points a game here, there, and everywhere. So. Ultimately, like I said, he's not a top six forward. It's a trade. It's a dislike.
0: On to uh, the next one. It's Jed Anderson. So got to his buy period, put up one monster score, which was okay, and it's been sort of okay since. So probably a time to move on at the buy period. But, you know, if you've got other issues, you might want to hold him through and see what he does in the second half of the year. Um, obviously missed pre-season, did a pre-season earlier in the AFL season. Um so he might be okay to finish off the year but then there's a scenario of North Melbourne what's gonna happen with that midfield. But I expect to see him in the centre bounces uh a quite a decent rate to finish off the year. So if you've got other issues to deal with it's probably not a bad hole, but yeah, by by coming up it's time to move on potentially, Jep. Yeah, if dislike mate,
1: it's um it's I just I know he's a great tackler. It's just time to um to really analyse who are those high ceiling players in the forward line. Sure, he can hit it, but it's about consistency too, isn't it? We can't have one twenty one week and then 65, 70 in the next. And um, we've got to pick the players that are going to be consistent.
0: All right, so Brett Crouch on the radar. So he's been quite solid the last few weeks. Um. Yeah, you know, to Steele come back in probably next week, so that could impact his scores. Uh, it's been pretty solid, Brett Crouch. Definitely an option, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of try and look towards, you know, paying a little bit more for, like, a Miller type. So I like the pick, but, yeah, I'd rather go to different options, Jep.
1: Uh Dislike, but actually don't mind it as a bit of a punt and that point of difference. Like, we, you know, it's the right time of year for it, so I'm not game enough.
0: It's a dislike. Onto Jackson Hatley. So, you know, that midfield mix is going to change up for Adelaide. And, you know, Hatley's been really good, but yeah, it's time to start to upgrade. So, if you can get off Hatley anytime soon, I would be sort of recommending that. Uh, as for a trade target, I pretty much would, wouldn't sort of target him at this stage. But yeah, he's been really good since he's come into the team. He might prove to be wrong and get that inside mid. If he looks like he's going to have an inside midf- midfield role there to finish off the year, then he might become a target really quickly. So, I'm out on him at this stage, but I'm definitely watching. Uh, dislike straight from me. Um, it's, yeah, if you own him, you trade him, personally. On to Luke Parker. So, you know, centre benches can fluctuate, all good, but the score's been okay, a little bit low before their buy period for uh, Luke Parker, but hopefully the week off gives him a bit of a freshen up and he can finish off the year strong. So uh, I'm sitting on the side of liking chip.
1: No, he's big like for me. I think he's on the outer cusp of... You know, the six highest forward from this point onwards, seventh, eighth, thereabouts.
0: So, um, yeah, he's definitely in the mix for big things. Yeah, and he's got a pretty decent ceiling there as well. So he might be, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, to finish off the year, he might be certainly in that top six sort of range. I do agree with that. Alrighty, final thoughts ahead of round 14, Chip. Yeah, plan ahead with the Gorn
1: situation. So whether you need cash at bank or or some sort of plan ahead, um, try not to take any injured players. You know, those with Zorko... I think it's a trade this week, personally. You don't want to go into round 15 with any injured primos um, or those you know, 50-50 calls. Um, but other than that, yeah, make sure the captains are, uh, are pretty set and the vice captains are set and
0: enjoy the round. Yeah, for me, Jeff, just think, you just mentioned the Gorn situation as well. You know, for those that don't own English, it, it might actually sort of linger towards targeting English this week, but to put him in the forward line. Like as in, you know, it depends. Doesn't have to be specifically this week, but you know, you could you could run with Darcy Cameron, Max Gorn and Tim English in your in your sort of ruck scenario. But you know, plan to move him into your forward line next week with regards to how you want to fix up and the balance of your team going forward. But yeah, have potentially having Tim English um, in that forward line. Uh, that you know that, that could help out with that teaming with that max corn situation next week might be a big benefit so yeah make sure you've got some flexibility there with regards to a ruck forward that you can alternate into you know the following week uh once we need two rucks on that field again so yeah it might be one situation to yeah, really pay attention to is it to target english this week potentially and then but we've got to take in the situation of what Bevo said with regards to providing ruck support for team English. So a couple of snow ends need to play out here, Jep. So what Bevo wants to do with that ruck situation, but we need to sort of sort of think ahead with regards to do what to do with this Max Gorn situation. So really sort of an interesting sort of... You know, we've got five trades before that Melbourne and Brisbane game, and I believe that's the first game of next week. So we're going, we're going to know early. But the thing is, if Max Gorn does come out, it's, it potentially is a trade before the first game of the weekend, and it's back to yeah. nine games, and it's a Thursday night game into a Sunday finish. So... You know, it, it's a really interesting situation. So it's got um, the more I'm thinking about this, is that the more I think that you know, if if well, most people call gone, is that you're sort of potentially not really forced into a, a teaming situation, but you, you want to have some flexibility that you don't have to trade Gorn out because I don't think it's a long-term scenario for Gorn at this stage. Hopefully not anyway, but if yeah, if you've got the flexibility to put English in your foreline, and then we're talking about next week, but if you've got the potential to move English from your line into the ruck situation to cover Gorn next week, you know, you might be at a bit of a an advantage, and that's just again flexibility to finish off the season to flick players between roles, you know, positions in your team is going to be play out, you know, really big. And then you mentioned the Nick Dacos scenario earlier. If you've got that as D seven, and you can flick that between, you know, have your he he's either an M nine or a a D seven JEP, and then all of a sudden you have got English in there with the flexibility to cover off and gone. Having flexibility in your team finish off the year is kind of a really good and and sort of pretty much a a, a pretty happy place to be in. I would imagine JEP, your thoughts are?
1: Oh, for sure. Like it, and this is again, it gets a bit strategic. Those that have avoided a bit of injury carnage can play with that earlier. Um, and I just think it's it's really important. The DPP players like Dacos is a perfect. Um, cover because of his high ceiling um, and his coverage on two lines. So, yeah, uh, definitely planning for that. And, and the Gorn thing scares most of us. So, yeah, the early game in that following week is a good point. We, we are going to know, but we don't want to burn. We only get two trades that route. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to burn one that early usually.
0: So, yeah, lots of, to lots of think about. So you like the English situation this week then for most?
1: Uh, I don't actually have English, so he, he's one of my priorities to get in this week. I, I see him as a top six forward, top two ruck, regardless. Um, and I think the Gorn issues force my hands, you know, exactly what we're saying here.
0: Yeah, so you, you'd sort of. So the, my question is, is that you're sort of prioritising a Gorn scenario this week uh, to, to have cover. So you don't have to burn that trade. So you're pretty much for sure, sort of happy to be thinking long legs. So who
1: knows what else will happen? You know, like it's it's so um, so negative to get that ruck um, forced trade because we have to pull in, we have to have that extra trade, or we have that R3. That's a DPP forward ruck, and and you know like Tickle's a good example, and a lot brought in Tickle last week, even though. He potentially wouldn't play, and, and some will do it this week because of that movement ability and, and the chance for the odd game here and there. So, um, no, I, I, we've got to cover all lines. We've got to be cautious. The biggest issue is um, having the Gorn as the, the Melbourne game, first game of the round. Um, what if there's a late out or an illness or you know COVID? There's just so many things that can go wrong.
0: Yeah, so most people, well, many coaches, highly ranked coaches, still rolling with Sam Hayes. So my expectation is, is he doesn't play this week, and he might be on the outs there for a few weeks. So, you know, Bryn is probably more of a chance to play ahead of Sam Hayes. That's probably how I'd rank at this stage. You know, over the couple of weeks, it might flush out to be a different scenario. But, you know, having Bryn Tickle as your R3, and potentially having a uh, trade target as Tim English uh, this week into your forward line, that gives you a monster flexibility next week, Jet. So uh, you can flick uh, Brent Seagull to Tim English next week, and you can cover off a of Max Corn and bench Scorn for the week if he does miss. So, um, and that might be a situation you might be able to cover for a couple of weeks. So you don't have to use that, you know, again, two trades and first game of the week next week, Max Gorn. So it's really interesting. So I'd really sort of play into, you know, we've got five trades before, you know, potentially that um, Melbourne-Brisbane game next week. And if if Gorn does, if there is some issue, and we don't know yet, but if there is some issue that you are well and truly covered and you've covered all those bases leading into that game. Any other thoughts leading into this week, Chip?
1: I'll just be organised, you know, have those captain choices sorted, have the trades up in your, your hand if you can, you know, make those at the last minute during the rolling lockout,
0: and, yeah, that's about it. High-ceiling games, high-ceiling midfielders, target, you know, if the weather's OK in Perth this week, you know, potentially you might want to roll with a Tom as a VC or something like that. Bit of a unique option as VC, but you never know because we've seen, not that many would have chosen a vice captain on Himmelberg last week leading into that Monday game, but you know something unique that gives you a bit of a pop against others in high ranked teams. So you know potentially is that Tom Stewart this week that he, you know if if it's dry weather in that game in Perth, Jeb, so he, he could punch out another 130, 140 maybe even a 150, and then all of a sudden, you know, others, you know. And don't forget, we don't have Lockie Neal and Andrew Brayshaw this week. So once we take out a couple of high-ceiling players, it might be a situation there this week where, you know, a unique option, VC option, does play out in your favour. So hopefully um, some coaches can hit on that sort of uh, scenario that I'm talking about. That You know, don't go mainstream because, you know, a couple of high-ranked, High ceiling type players aren't playing this week, there could be a bit of a fluctuation in captain scores and vice captain scores. So, yeah, uh, really target good matchups. All right, Jeff, all the best for this week, and for the listeners, all the best for this week as well. Thanks, guys.